Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast for September 2nd, 2022. And on today's episode, we're going to be reacting to an interview from Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan, the Sean and RJ show. We're also going to be talking about the Cowboys inquiring about Denzel Mims from the Jets. And we're going to be talking about the Cowboys scheduling a visit with Jason Peters to come in and potentially join this team. But before we get into the podcast, I would just like to say, make sure to follow me on all my social media accounts. Cowboys Beat on TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all those platforms. You can find me on Cowboys Beat over there. And before we get into the podcast, I would like to thank our sponsor for today's show, Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this NFL season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Use promo code CowboysBeat when you sign up today and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match for up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Okay, so we are going to get into this interview from Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan. I I love Jerry Jones, right? As a content creator, I really enjoy Jerry Jones. I can't even imagine what it's like for content creators and, and media people from other teams not having an owner like Jerry Jones. Like I, I just wonder how boring their off-seasons are. Because there's never a dull moment when you have Jerry Jones as your owner. Now, some fans don't like him, and... Some of their, uh, you know, vitriol towards him is warranted. However, as a content creator, he's always providing content for us. So I greatly appreciate that. But Jerry, uh, in this clip, is going to talk about the draft and develop mindset. So here we go. Uh, someone told me at training camp that under Mike McCarthy, he wanted to put even more of an emphasis on on drafting and developing guys. I th- I just think as a fan, you know, the unknown scares me a little bit. When you have experience, it feels like a little bit more of a safety net. Uh, but but you guys are are willing to go ahead with with some of these unexperienced inexperienced players to 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 make you contend, right? Well, let me be real candid here. Uh, we built our roster up, uh, you might even say at a crescendo level last year. And uh, we had uh, a pretty good hand last year. And of course, unfortunately, we got back uh, uh, limited there fairly early. And uh, then Zeke got a little limited. Uh, but uh, we put a lot on the table last year and there was no question relative to the investment and the roster 
that you were going to have to make some adjustments after last year in this year. We could see that coming. And so part of what you're seeing is the adjustment for having uh, shoved it out there last year. Okay. So two things from there. Yes, the Cowboys were a very talented football team last year, and they expected to lose talent last year. And this is one thing that I said about the Cowboys going into this season. Yes, they did lose talent on this team, but the Cowboys had so much talent last year that some of the talent that they had on that team, look at a guy like Tony Powered, right? I would say that they underutilized Tony Powered. Hell, I'd say that they underutilized C.D. Lamb as well. I mean, granted, I think C.D. Lamb had 105 targets last season. I would still say that he's underutilized. He should be in that one... 20 to 150 range in terms of targets, in my personal opinion. So from that perspective, I believe that CeeDee Lamb was underutilized. I think that Amari Cooper was underutilized as well, even though, of course, Amari Cooper won't be on this team this year. So it does make sense that the Cowboys were expecting to lose talent. And I mean, let's be honest. Let's look at the guys they lost. All right. Amari Cooper. I think that moving on from Amari Cooper was the right move for the Cowboys, and here's the reason why. You have to see what you have in CeeDee Lamb as your number one receiver. Also, you wouldn't have been able to keep Michael Gallup if you would have kept Amari Cooper, but you kept Michael Gallup. You kept him on a team-friendly deal, so you can't hate that whatsoever. You move on from Lyle Collins. The one thing that was consistent with Lyle Collins is that he was consistently unavailable, and that was a problem for the Cowboys. And look, the Cowboys were as tolerant with Lyle Collins as their options allowed them the bay. They were only tolerant of Lyle Collins because they had nobody else to play his position. Then you bring in a guy like Terrence Steele. He looks pretty solid and you're ready to move on from Lyle Collins in a heartbeat. Okay, so I understand like now the Lyle Collins uh, you know, release people are talking about that more now. It was the right move. I don't I don't think that the Cowboys made the wrong move there. And then look at the other guys. Randy Gregory, another guy just like Lyle Collins. The only thing consistent about Randy Gregory is that he was consistently unavailable. Cedric Wilson, I don't like losing him, but I can make a case that there's probably a guy or two on this team that could be as just as productive as Cedric Wilson this upcoming season. I think that Dak did a lot to elevate Cedric Wilson's play. But another thing that Jerry Jones said in this that was very interesting, he said that Dak and Zeke were playing through injury last season. I mean, like that was pretty obvious to see. Right. Like what always cracked me up was when these talk shows like ESPN and First Take and Undisputed or whatever it may be, they did all this analysis into why is the Cowboys offense struggling? What's wrong with Dak? Well, here's the thing, right? Before Dak's injury, he was playing like an MVP candidate. He was playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. Then he got injured. And you want to know what's crazy? He ended up not being as good as he was before the injury. It's not rocket science. Sometimes two plus two equals four. I saw that Dak was injured pretty much all season after that Patriots game. And it showed in his play. Before the injury, he looked like an MVP candidate. After the injury, he didn't look like one. He he, he kind of looked like a shell of himself after that injury. It's pretty obvious to see that he was injured last season. He wasn't doing the same things that we're accustomed to seeing Dak Prescott doing. I think that one of Dak's best assets as a quarterback is his legs. And I don't mean you know running the football. I mean his ability to escape the pocket and make throws on the run. I think Dak is one of the best quarterbacks in the league at doing that. And I think when you take that away from him, he wasn't able to do that as effectively as he once was. So I think when you take that ability away from him, or at least hamper it a little bit, 
it, it was never going to be a good thing for Dak. Now, he also said that Zeke played through injury. Now, we all know that Zeke played through injury, but here's the thing. Unlike Dak, Ezekiel Elliott did have somebody behind him that was competent. Matter of fact, I would go further. Tony Powered might be a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not going to sit here and say that he is, but if you were to have Tony Powered be the workhorse back for you and have Ezekiel Elliott sit on the sidelines to nurse that injury, I don't think that offense drops off one bit for you. There was no reason to have Ezekiel Elliott play through injury. He's at a position where you can find many people, even on other teams that maybe are lower on the depth chart that you could trade for, or even maybe some free agents, that if you put a good offensive line in front of them, which the Cowboys did have a good offensive line, I mean, it kind of went downhill towards the end of the season. You your offense could still be completely fine. So I really don't understand the thinking behind having Ezekiel Elliott play through that injury. I thought it was a detriment to this team because when Ezekiel Elliott was healthy before that PCL injury, Ezekiel Elliott was playing at a very high level. And then once he got injured, he was never the same guy. Now, if he would have taken the time off to nurse that injury and came back 100%, I would have loved to have seen what the Cowboys would have been able to do. Because Ezekiel Elliott at the beginning of last season had burst. He looked explosive. He he didn't look like the Zeke of old. Definitely didn't look like that, but he still looked like a top tier. He still is a top tier running back, but he looked like one of those top five guys in the league last season before he got injured. So I never understood why the Cowboys didn't just sit him out last season. So in the next clip, Jerry talks about the Tyler Smith and Connor McGovern battle so let's roll the uh the clip here tyler was not about to win the starting job over mcgovern at left guard and now he's going to play left tackle that sounds scary help me out help me out with that yeah. fear uh in terms of well, backup left guard to starting left tackle well that's not uh uh, uh only but really, uh, only the man up above knows whether or not he was going to win that spot or not. And uh, uh, to give uh, uh, Connor his due, he was uh, uh, doing a good job of competing in there. Uh, but now, when you look at the physical attributes of the comparison, uh, then you readily uh, see how uh, Tyler Smith's going to be difficult to keep from a starting role at any spot. Okay, so when Jerry Jones says that the man above knows who's going to start, what he means by that is himself. He just didn't want to say it. Jerry Jones knew that Tyler Smith won that battle between him and Connor McGovern. Matter of fact, Tyler Smith won that left guard battle as soon as he got drafted. It's it's weird. Like Mike McCarthy is this is one of these coaches that likes to play a lot of cards close to his chest. I mean, any type of advantage he can get over the other team, he's going to take it. And that's why I think that he decided not to name Tower Smith the outright starter at left guard. I never understood it. Pretty much everybody around the league knows that Tower Smith was going to be the left guard over Connor McGovern. Now he's going to play left tackle. We'll talk about that a little later. But yeah, I mean, Jerry Jones was not going to allow Mike McCarthy to not have Tyler Smith start for them. I mean, this kid was their first round pick. Okay, he was their first round pick. Connor McGovern at left guard, and I even said this, he's a below average left guard, which is why I actually want to give Matt Forniak a chance because I know what I have in Connor McGovern. He's not good at left guard. He's a good right guard, but he's not a swing guard. People, you know, I don't understand why the Cowboys insist on having Connor McGovern be a swing guard. Just let him let him be the backup right guard. 
He'll be perfectly fine. But I would have loved to have seen Matt Forniak get that left guard position because I think what I saw from him and Tyler Smith this preseason, they work together very well. So, yeah, this battle that Connor McGovern and Tyler Smith had, I never really looked at it as a battle. And Tyler Smith was always going to be the uh, left guard for you against Tampa Bay until now when Tyron Smith got injured. And, and even still, I mean, I still think that there's a chance that he could potentially play left guard for you against Tampa Bay. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I think it's way more likely that he plays left tackle, but I'm not giving up on the Cowboys potentially going out and getting a guy. I'm not expecting it. I'm just not giving up on it. But yeah. Tower Smith always won that battle over Connor McGovern. Jerry also talked about how he replaces great players. Let's roll the clip. Is, you know, within mind that, hey, this is going to be our future left tackle that you were trying to get prepared, get ahead of the curve and, and plan for the future. How far in advance do you guys tend to look at replacing great players? What, what's your general approach for that? Is that usually something when it's right on your doorstep or do you try and get out of front in front of that for a couple of years? Well, uh, that really is an inexact uh, uh, happening, really, and uh, because you uh, hope that uh, players come along that uh, exceed their expectation, a fourth rounder, a, a, a fifth rounder that uh, all of a sudden can play, and uh, so you, that's hard to uh, count on that. Uh, but uh, you can overtly pick your first round picks and your second round picks and you expect those guys to play. And uh, I think that basically we uh, thought that when we used that first pick on Tyler. Jerry, does this... And, and again, again, you see, again, I, I didn't answer your question. Uh, I would expect him to come in and play. I wouldn't expect a first round pick to be uh, uh, basically not playing in his first year. Okay, so few things there. He hopes that players come around and exceed expectations. Now, people kind of jumped on him because they said, oh, what? So your plan is to replace these guys with fourth and fifth round picks? He never said that. He just says that he hopes that that could be the case. Look, the Cowboys are very good at drafting players. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Say what you want about this front office and you know the way they handled their contract situations. They're exceptional at drafting. And look, they look at these later round picks, these fourth, fifth, sixth round picks, and they really do their due diligence on these day three guys because they want to see if they could potentially get a steal. Hell, I think that they got maybe the best steal out of any of the day three guys in the past decade with Dak Prescott, their franchise quarterback. I'd have to go over and look at the other day three guys that got drafted as well. But yeah, in the past decade, I think that Dak Prescott was the best day three guy. So the Cowboys are confident wherever they're drafting in the draft. So like I said, Jerry doesn't expect these fourth and fifth round guys to come in and replace a guy like Tyron Smith. But when they draft these guys later in the draft, they're looking at traits. They're saying, hey, this guy right here, his technique might not all be there, but he has the physical traits that we're looking for. We'll bring him in, we'll develop him, and we'll see what this guy can do. Or it might be the other way around. Maybe the guy has good technique and there's not many technical things that you need to work on, but you need to get this guy stronger. So they really value those late picks. And I mean, they're not looking to replace Tyron Smith with one of these guys, but they're looking that hopefully 
maybe one of these guys exceeds expectations. He said that the first round guys are the ones you can't miss on. And that's exactly right. I mean, let's look at the Cowboys first round picks for the past like 10 years. How many misses do the Cowboys have in the first round? Like just flat out misses. They're not on the roster anymore. They don't have many. Taco Charlton, that might be the only one that comes to my mind. Other than that, all their first round players were solid players at the very least. I mean, like Leighton Vanderash, people look at him as maybe not a great first round pick. I mean, he had a really good first season, but I mean, he's still a solid player for you. But just overall, yeah, they do a very good job at drafting in the first round. He also said that he expects Tower Smith to play right away. I mean, Everybody knew this. Everybody knew that Tower Smith was going to be the left guard. There was no reason to play this game. I understand McCarthy likes to keep his cards close to his chest. It's funny, right? Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy might be the worst pairing out of any owner and coach because they are polar opposites. Mike McCarthy is a guy. He's more strategic. He wants to keep scheme answers to himself. Meanwhile, Jerry Jones goes out on 105.3 The Fan and gives these guys pretty much everything they want. Not only everything that they want, but everything that other defensive coordinators want as well. So it's it, it's just funny to me when I see the difference between Mike McCarthy and uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry talked about Tyron Smith, and he expects him to be back. Let's roll the clip. Uh, look to and see that kind of improvement coming after Thanksgiving then we all have just lived last year to know when you want your best firepower to be your healthiest is as you go into those playoffs. So I'm one, and I'm founded uh, to think that Tyron will be back, and he'll be back for the meat of the season. So now this is interesting. Jerry Jones expects Tyron Smith to be back by the end of the season. Uh, you got to ask yourself, if Tyron Smith's playing good this season do you even bother bringing back tyron smith i mean yeah he's a great insurance policy for you if he's able to come back and play but i don't think it's something that they should come back and uh, rush they shouldn't rush tyron smith back to this team as a matter of fact i don't think that tyron smith is ever going to play another snap for the cowboys for the rest of his career i mean you got to move on from tyron smith this is not something that is a one-time thing with tyron smith the last time he's played a full season was seven years ago that tells you that he's not He's not able to be durable over the length of a season, right? Like if you're a team with Super Bowl aspirations, which say what you want about the Cowboys, they are a team that is looking to win a Super Bowl within the next few years here. Tyron Smith would have to play 21 healthy games if if you don't get a first round by 21 healthy games if you were to go win the Super Bowl. Do you think Tyron Smith is durable enough for that? Because I don't think so. Tyron Smith was dealing with injuries early in OTAs. We expected this. The only good thing that came out of this is now we can properly adjust to Tyron Smith going out over a longer period of time. Now, will the Cowboys actually make a move to replace Tyron Smith? Then that's one thing. We're going to have to wait and see on that. But if this was going to happen, I would say right now is the best time, even though I would never want it to happen. I, I wish that Tyron Smith would play as many games as he could possibly play, play for us this upcoming season, but it's not going to happen. And I think that honestly, the Cowboys should probably just move on and drop the hopes of Tyron Smith coming back because people are saying that Tyron Smith won't be back until December at minimum, at minimum. So 
yeah, I, it might be a little bit of a pipe dream here for Jerry, hoping that Tyron Smith comes back. But it is interesting that they are holding on to hope that he will return. Now, Jerry talked about the Cowboys' identity. I forgot that Jerry Jones was the head coach of this team. <laughs> you know, it's funny to me. But he was talking about the identity for the Cowboys this upcoming season. Let's hear what he has to say about that. It goes... Uh, the, the run game in the offseason, we're trying to figure out what the identity will be. Some people are like, hey, is this defense now better than the offense? What is your what's your early feel on, on what the identity of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys could be? Well, uh, with our uh, with our plan and our personnel, then uh, we uh, hope to be able to run that football more than we ran it, uh, let's say, in the last few years. And uh, Zeke will be critical to that. Uh, but we'll also need to be able to run block. We should be able to run block. Run block is uh, uh, more of a given than being able to protect if you're dealing with inexperienced linemen. And so uh, mm. we should be able to run block. Uh, as to what we do offensively, uh, uh, we'll play that game by game as far as uh, 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 how quick we get the ball out or whether or not we're in the play action. But still, we've got the guys, uh, we have the players that can uh, really play well in a play action uh, uh, kind of out, ball out quick offense for sure. Okay, so Jerry is right when he talks about uh, run blocking compared to pass blocking. And when you have an offensive line that is inexperienced as the Cowboys who haven't really played with each other that much, who don't have that continuity, yes, you are going to have to run the football more because you would rather these guys run block because in run blocking, you're going forward. In pass blocking, you're dropping backwards. You're going to need more of a sense of camaraderie between your other guys on the offensive line when you're pass blocking because you're going backwards. So... Um, as a as a whole, I do agree with Jerry there. I think the Cowboys should run the football more. However, if I'm Jerry Jones in that situation, I'm telling 105.3 the fan, hey, we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Dak Prescott. We're paying him $40 million a year. We are going to throw the ball 40 to 50 times a game. It doesn't matter our wide receiver core because – we have a guy in Dak Prescott who can elevate them. Now, obviously, that shouldn't be your game plan. But what I'm saying is that's what you tell the radio station. You don't tell the radio station and the 31 other teams in the league that, hey, we're going to look to run the ball a lot more this upcoming season. I mean, granted, they probably already have an idea of it. And the Cowboys already know that they're going to run the football more this season. However, you don't go on 105.3 The Fan and, and, and tell them. I could see Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy just face palming listening to this interview if they actually listen to this interview like i said mike mccarthy and Callum moore are just i'm sorry mike mccarthy and jerry jones they're not a fit for each other and it's 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 so obvious to uh to tell that but what's interesting here did you hear jerry jones in that clip he said ezekiel elliott he said Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a big part in this offense, not Tony Pollard, not Tony Pollard. Now, that doesn't mean that Tony Pollard won't get a, a lot of touches this upcoming season. It just might not come in the run game. But Jerry Jones is telling you right there for the people who think that uh, Tony Pollard is going to be the number one running back on this team. He's telling you right there he's not going to be the number one running back on this team. Ezekiel Elliott will be the number one running back on this team. And if Zeke's healthy and the offensive line is able to run block well for Ezekiel Elliott, I think he's going to have a good season. I think that 
uh, Zeke is a better runner than Tony Powered even right now. When healthy, when both of these guys are healthy, I would still take Ezekiel Elliott as a running back over Tony Powered. I think that Tony Powered does more for your offense. So in that sense, I guess you could say that Tony Powered's a more valuable player than Ezekiel Elliott because, uh, you know, e- even though Zeke's fantastic in pass protection, Tony Powered can play slot for you. He could take screens for you. He's an explosive player. Ezekiel H just not that anymore, but he's still a very good running back. He's smart. He's patient. Those things haven't left him yet. And he, when healthy, he does still have that burst. So it's very interesting to hear Jerry Jones say Ezekiel Elliott will be the featured back on this team. I understand it makes it makes sense. However, I hope that Tony Power does find a way to get touches this upcoming season, whether it be at the receiver position or at running back. I think that they, they need to utilize Tony Power more. This guy is a flat-out weapon. There's no offense or buts about it. I said it before on my TikTok page. I said that you give Tony Powered Alvin Kamara type of volume, he could be on the same level as a guy like Alvin Kamara. That's just how good of a skill set Tony Powered has. So yeah, very interesting stuff from Jerry Jones on 105 through the fan there. RJ and Sean, they do a great job down there. Make sure to go check them out whenever they're on uh, air for 105.3, the fan in Dallas. Jerry Jones, man, like I said, he's interesting and it, he's good for us content creators. And like I said, I don't I don't know how guys who cover um, the other teams in the league, I don't know how they get through the offseason. And, and trying to find content. Jerry Jones always has content for us. So in that perspective, that's a great thing. So the Cowboys are, they inquired about Denzel Mims from the New York Jets. Denzel Mims was the 59th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, and he's looking to move on. Uh, he has to be traded by the Jets and the Cowboys called the Jets about him but apparently the Cowboys didn't want to give up their fourth round pick. That's what they were asking for. The Cowboys said, no, thank you. Now, my question is this. If Denzel Mims were to get added to the Cowboys, where does he fit in this wide receiver room? Because you have to ask yourself this, and this is, I think, the reason why the Cowboys weren't willing to part ways with that fourth round pick. They're looking and they're saying, we've seen Denzel Mims in the NFL. He hasn't been the most productive player in the league, even though this preseason he's shown some flashes. I think he had... Uh, seven receptions for 103 yards against the Giants in preseason. Granted, it's just a preseason. They were probably playing the third or fourth stringers in that game. However, I think he did show something in this preseason. He had another game in the preseason where he was pretty solid. But I do, I do understand why the Cowboys don't want to give up a fourth-round pick to go get him. Look, say what you want about the Cowboys. They do a very good job at drafting in the fourth round. Like I said, their quarterback. Maybe the best day three pick in the last decade, Dak Prescott. You want to know where he was drafted in the fourth round? Dorrance Armstrong, a solid player for you, drafted him in the fourth round. Dalton Schultz, your tight end who could potentially have a big payday if he steps up and puts up over a thousand yards, he could be in for a big payday from the Cowboys. Regardless, he'll get a payday somewhere else. He'll get a big paycheck somewhere else, no doubt in my mind. Fourth round pick. Jake Ferguson, now he hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet, and I understand that, but he looked pretty solid during preseason. So the Cowboys do do a good job drafting at the fourth round. Now, I understand why they're confident 
uh, in their ability to make a good selection in the fourth round, which is why they didn't end up parting ways with Denzel Mims. But I think that he brings a dimension to this receiving core that the Cowboys don't have at the current moment, and that is a guy who can stretch the field out. However, I think the Cowboys might be, once Gallup and Washington get back, they're going to be thick at that position. If you have Denzel Mims on this team, I know he wants to be traded from the Jets. I don't see him being utilized any more on the Cowboys than he would be on the Jets if, you know, when Michael Gallup and James Washington come back. Because I think that those two receivers right now are just better than him. And not only that, why would you go out and trade for Denzel Mims when you already have Jalen Tolbert? That's a guy that you're looking to develop. And once Gallup and Washington get back, I mean, you have to ask the question, where does Jalen Tolbert land on this depth chart? Not only Jalen Tolbert, two other guys that they're excited about, two other young guys, Simi Fioko and Dennis Allen. Something that I want to talk about real quick is, do you think that it's a good idea for the Cowboys to go young at receiver because they believe in Dak Prescott and his ability to elevate young players? Because this is a very young receiver core. I think that everybody on this receiver core is younger than Dak Prescott. So he is the leader out of these guys, the unquestioned leader out of all these guys. All of them were drafted after Dak Prescott was drafted. These are his guys. So I think the Cowboys, when they were building this receiving core, looked at that and said, we're just going to rely on Dak here and his ability to elevate the rest of the guys on the team. So it's interesting the way they built their wide receiver core. And I think once Michael Gallup gets back, it's going to be a perfectly fine receiver core. CD Lamb and Michael Gallup, that's a perfectly fine one-two punch for you. So let's talk about the Cowboys setting up a visit with Jason Peters. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't watch many Bears games last year. Call me a casual if you want. I did not have enough time to sit down and watch the Chicago Bears. They were a bad football team, and they didn't give me any reason to watch them last year, so I didn't watch them. But I want to pull up an article from Heavy on Chicago. I love the, the name of the title, by the way. NFC contender showing strong interest in ex-Bears starter, that ex-Bears starter being Jason Peters, of course. So I was looking up people's opinions on how Jason Peters played in 2021. He started 15 games this year, which is abnormal for Jason Peters. It's funny. he that That was probably the most amount of games he's played in a long time, and he's like, 39, 40 years old. So I thought that that was uh, crazy to say. But this is what heavy on the Bears said about Jason Peters in 2021. Peters was Chicago's most consistent offensive lineman in 2021. Now, let me just stop you guys there. Um, that's not that big of an accomplishment. I think the Bears had the worst offensive line in the entire league past se- this past season. So not a huge accomplishment there. The Bears signed Peters shortly after the preseason began in 2021, and he wound up being their best offensive lineman during the regular season. In 847 snaps at left tackle for the Bears last year, Peters allowed 28 total pressures, five quarterback hits, and six sacks while committing three penalties per pro uh, pro football focus. His 77.9 pass blocking grade from PFF was the highest among any of the Chicago starting O-linemen. Okay, so... This is interesting what the Cowboys are doing with Jason Peters. Now, if they bring in Jason Peters, is he going to start at left tackle for you and you're going to have Tyler Smith be the left guard? It's interesting to see. I don't think that that should be the case. I think that they should roll with the offensive line that they have right now. Tyler Smith, Connor McGovern, 
Biotic, Martin, Terrence Steele. Roll with that right now. And then Jason Peters will just be a backup for you. Again, I didn't watch any of the Bears games last season, so I can't tell you how good of a performance Jason Peters would be able to put forward for the Cowboys this season. One thing would be certain, though. Jason Peters brings a mindset, a mentality to this team that they are sorely lacking, and that is a legitimate, established veteran. Jason Peters is a Super Bowl champion, and that's something that the Cowboys don't have on their team. That's a different type of mindset that you're bringing into a locker room. And think of this offensive line room that Tyler Smith will be learning from. Tyron Smith, Hall of Famer. Zach Martin, Hall of Famer. Jason Peters, Hall of Famer. That's a very good O-line room for Tyler Smith to be in. Tyler Smith, he's a good kid. He seems like he really picks up uh, what other people put down. And you put Jason Peters in an offensive line room with already Zach Martin and Tyron Smith to go along with Tyler Smith, that's a great thing for your young player. That's a really good thing for your your young player. Not only that, uh, Jason Peters talked about it. He wants to play for a team who's going to be able to win games this upcoming season. And he, he wants to play for a team that has an upcoming offensive line. Perfect fit. Cowboys right there. So that is going to be it for the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast for September 2nd, 2022. I want to thank you guys for coming out. Guys, Cowboys Beat tonight is airing on Tuesday, September 6th. I can't wait to see you guys there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got the studio set up. We're, we're going to move uh, my computer and everything else. We're going to finish setting it up over the weekend. So I want to thank you guys for coming out and make sure to follow me on all my social media accounts, Cowboys Beat on TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram. And make sure to go check out Thrive Fantasy. Use my promo code CowboysBeat. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see see you next time time on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.